All right, Sunday night, 7 o'clock, time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry with about half a voice in Oregon, Jim in the studio in Philo. Jim, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. The uh, I'm ready for the Sports Phone. I love these Sunday nights. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. What's uh, Give me something new, anything new and exciting that uh, that we need to discuss or well, anything I w- that's happened since last week? I w- yeah, well, I was going to save a couple things from last week for our <clears throat> newest feature last week on the Sports Phone, which we'll get to in a l- later. But there's nothing newer, <clears throat> I don't think, than uh, you coaching your first game of your yeah. coaching career. Yeah, coached my... I wouldn't say I coached my first game. I coached my first official high school, high school game. Yeah. I've coached summer league in the past and, and stuff like that, but that was this was my first game that was a high school game in season as a head coach. And we won. We won 50 to 45, so we're off to a good start. I am unbeaten as a head coach in, in my career. Uh, so, yeah, it was exciting, and I'm sure we'll talk Let's about that talk more. about that later. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that more as, as we go. Um, but we are here for the Sports Phone for listeners that are new to the show. Uh, every week, uh, Jim and I spend this hour just talking about sports because we are big fans. We're coaches. We've played. We love sports. We love talking about it. And we really love talking about anything that is going on in the world of sports. And more importantly than anything else, we like to open up the lines and let you, the listeners, uh, determine what we are going to talk about on the sports phone. It can be professional, college, high school, rec league, topics, controversies, scores of games, whatever you want to talk about, wherever you want to, wherever it's going on in the world. We want to hear about it as long as it is going on in the world of sports. And we are ready for it. We will give you our opinion if you so desire, or if you just want to call and talk about something, we will, are good for that as well. But to get started, here on the Sports Phone, we have a guest. And with that, Jim, I'll pass it back to you, and we'll get everything ready to roll. I'm not going to waste time on much of a much of an introduction here. Um, this is Noah Gold. He's athletic director. I'd say senior athletic director, one of the senior athletic directors in the, uh, in the North Coast. Um, been doing it a long time. Um, he's also been a guest, a guest host on the sports phone, frequent caller on the sports phone. So let's just see if we can get some quality time with Noah. You're on right now, Noah Gold. Pleasure to be back on the sports phone, gentlemen. It's been too long. Yeah. COVID, it's COVID took me out. That Friday night slot was hard for me to get to, but Sunday night's a little better. So I'm excited to be here and, and to be back on. It's a it, it's it's yeah. a, it's a pleasure. A lot's changed since you've been on the phone too. We went through the whole COVID <laughs> thing. We went through I the whole COVID. We had sports back on the high school level. That that's how long it's been. We yeah. had we had sports. We lost sports, and we got sports back since we've had you. That's quite a stat, huh? <laughs> a lot so, moving quickly around here. Yeah, I, I guess to go off of that, no, I guess the first question I, I would ask, and I think we've talked about this with other coaches, other athletic directors. Um, during my first game, which was on Friday night, outside of some little things here and there where like players had to wear masks on the bench and, and stuff like stuff along those lines, it felt like any other Friday night in the gym, you know, that I had ever been a, been a part of. So I guess not, not to speak too broadly in, in broad strokes, but are, are we back? You think our high school sports back? Is that your interpretation of the fall going into the winter so far? Like our local high school sports back and full steam ahead? Absolutely, it's back. Now, does it look differently than it did before? Absolutely. But I think our entire 
world is is different than it was before. So we're kind of rolling with those unique things like playing masks and and then the rules surrounding like what is allowed, uh, having spectators in. There's a lot of factors, but the sport of basketball is still the same. The the thrill is there. It's it's by far my my most favorite sport to watch and to be a part of. I just think it's a beautiful game. And so yeah, it is back. Kids are on that court. They are playing hard. They're they are trying to beat the press. They are taking big shots again with 30 seconds left. And and when that's happening, you don't even think about all the other changes that are also a part of it. <laughs> that's great. That's that's. What's... I, I remember. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was going to say. And it, no, I remember way back when we were talking about oh, what's the impact of this going to be on on students? You know not having athletics around, but they still got to be in school and, you know, the mental side of it. There was, there was a lot of topics we talked about, I guess. Have, have you noticed the same excitement that like Jim and I, and you have, have the students had the same excitement, like not not even just for basketball season that we're in the winter, but has there been the excitement for every, every sport kind of coming back? Have you, have you noticed like kids are as excited to get back in the gym as, as we were to watch them and, and coach them? I definitely, without a doubt, think that there are those kids who, who were a part of youth sports uh, prior to COVID who absolutely were just chomping at the bit, ready to get back, just like us, because they sort of had an idea what they were missing. Um, huh. And then what you also have then is the you know the current 10th, 9th graders and the current middle school kids that really either haven't played anything ever, or at least in smaller, more rural communities. And so getting those kids who are a little older and don't have the skills and haven't played recently, I would also say that in addition to there being people that were fired up, just ready to go, there's also a segment that seems like they're a little wary of it. They want to be good. They don't want to embarrass themselves or they've sort of kind of forgotten what it's like to be a part of a team or they, they're so, you know, we didn't quite make our girls team numbers wise. Uh, we're doing well with basketball. But I wish more kids obviously would play. But by and far, the majority, yeah, they they were signed up as soon as I put the list out and ready to play ball. So, did you have a trouble fielding filling teams? I mean, for the first time ever, um, you know, I, I I work in Fort Bragg, and and I have very close friends in the Fort Bragg basketball program. I've never heard of Fort Bragg not having four teams. They only have they, they don't have a JV girls team in Fort Bragg. Did you have any trouble fielding players? And yeah, you know, I would say for girls soccer, we got ten. We wanted thirteen, fourteen, so we were huh. about three to four short. That was really sad because huh. usually when we get to ten, we pick them up when school starts. And in this instance, we we overturned every stone. Coaches and everybody in administration, everybody tried to get these last few because we knew. So instead of that happening, we did have a very large co-ed team that played on the boys' NCL3 schedule. And they did great. And, and I, my, my hat's off to them making the best of it. But obviously we would have loved to have fielded two teams. So you had a boys' team with some with some females on it. Exactly. We had I a see. co-ed team that was played the boys' schedule. I got it. Yeah. But other than that, you know, cr- uh, cross-country had five to six really strong runners. They did wonderfully. Our volleyball team wow. continued to, you know, win in the NCL three and, and do well in playoffs. And that happened again. And now our basketball team looks good, you know, all three teams, you know, and it's, what's cool is not only a, uh, be an old man, like you said, the senior AD, but now I'm listening to uh, the kids that I watched go through the school system, who I was their AD becoming coaches like Jerry, 
like Matt Winslow, like Wes Preston, like to have that crew now coaching, it's like a dream come true. It makes me feel like wow. we must have done a good, pretty good job, Jim, if these guys are, are wanting to, to go down this path. That, that's sort of... I, I was going to say let's get let's give you and maybe both of us some some credit for that to have these kids wanting to stay with it. I'm I feel good about that. I do. It's fun to watch, and I'm happy to hear about your uh, undefeated season so far, Jerry. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's, it's it's funny we can go into this at some point maybe, but there there's a lot of not coaching basketball that goes into coaching a basketball team no kidding. and i'm still i'm still trying to kind of weed through that that's been the biggest thing it's just there's so many things you have to deal i gotta find someone to do the book i've got to find a parent to do the snack shack for the j for the fresh like the jv game and, and it's just there's all these other things i didn't realize that yeah i had to coordinate and, and deal with so that's that's been the big challenge for me so far um so <laughs> no last week jim and i kind of did a little bit of a rundown of kind of what we were able to uh, kind of scrounge up local sports wise. Uh, what's kind of your breakdown of, of basketball locally kind of that you've seen so far? I know a lot of what you're seeing is Mendo, but you see a lot of teams come through that gym. Uh, anything stand out? I know we're still early in the season, kind of just in terms of local teams and, and what you've seen so far, Mendo or, or beyond. You know, not, Honestly, I don't have I don't have a wonderful answer. We've had a couple home games. We've lost a lot of games to uh, COVID on the boys' side. Uh, we had to drop a tournament because the team got it. We had to drop really? a couple games with other schools because of it. So, you know, normally we have that, you know, fill your 26 games, and you've got games every which way you can put one. Uh, you know, you do your tournaments Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And you try to max it out. We've cut back the amount of tournaments, cut back the amount of games. So, you know, I've only seen two, two to three home games. And gotcha. Gotcha. what I've seen is, you know, I see the sport I love. I see some really talented players. I see our rivals uh, continue to have a guy who can average five points a game the first five games. And then once they step into Mendo's gym, they erupt for 25, so, you know, some things never change. And then, you know, yeah. but it's been nice to see the athletes, and it's been nice to see uh, a game that is a challenge. And so what I've also seen is that that we took two years off of a, of a sport that takes a lot of practice, and you can kind of sometimes see yeah. that in, in, in the game. I'm not going to say that it's bad, but it's, or, or that, you know, there's no negative as much as you can tell kids haven't played in a while, and, and it's only de- early December, so the product is getting better uh, quicker. And a testament to all the coaches out there who know what I'm talking about because the team's going to look a lot different in late January than it does today, that's for sure. You know, when, when I coached, I, I coached for a lot of years in a row, and, and we talk about, you know, the, there's this coach from Cloverdale that, that's coached 30 seasons in a row in two different sports. I mean, think, think about that one as an AD. If you had the same coach coaching two sports for 30 years. I mean, th- that's like, you know, it's something I've never heard of anywhere in the world. You know, and, and then we talk about the Tim Andersons that coach for a long time. What's it like in a small school to go through it? Like, when we played Potter Valley, my years of coaching, in 12 years, I think there was nine different coaches for Potter Valley boys. And and sure. and is that really, is is that one of the biggest challenges for, for, um, for ADs, keeping coaches staffed and the changeovers, is it very stressful? Is it much more work than when you had 
I mean, I remember just handing you a schedule every year. You know, it's like, um, I, I know it's different. And it, is it is it that different or am I just sort of, um, is the change of coaches as hard as I would think it was if I was AD? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, on every on every level of any sport, professional, amateur, otherwise, you like consistency in a head coaching position because, like huh. Terry mentioned, there's there's the coaching aspect, but then there's all the other logistics. There's schedule making. There's coordination with transportation. You know, a coach doesn't just coach, and so some people don't realize that when they take the job, or they're like, "Well, you know." So it takes a lot of different types of skills, and in addition to that, you still, at least for basketball, have to take twelve to 15 people and, you know, kind of guide them down a very complicated path with all kinds of facets to it. So, yeah, as a small school AD, I can't relate to the bigger schools. It must be wonderful to have uh, live in a place where when you put a head coaching job in the paper, you get 20 incredible resumes full of experienced people. Uh, that's, that's like nothing we have in, in a rural community. Um, so I don't want to speak for my neighbors, but I have done the job long enough to know that, um, you know, when we, on a good day, we'll get three qualified applicants when we put any kind of uh, ad out there for any sport. Um, So that immediately changes the the nature of the ride, you know, is is that instead of, you know, handpicking this blue chip prospect from 10 killer resumes from all people who played college level or worked with this organization, uh, Instead, you know, you've got anything from three to zero, and then you got to figure it out. And so in a lot of ways, um, you try to help the coaches that do apply, and if they need support or they haven't done it before, you try to find them a mentor or some. It's all about support. You know, you try to help uh, them succeed because obviously, uh, you know, as an athletic director, you're going to hear about it if, um, if it's not don't. going well. So, um, <laughs> you remember when you were on the sports phone a couple, oh, not that long ago. Remember we used to ask everybody, uh, what their favorite sports story was of their yeah. life. Well, we've got a new one for you. All right. The coach did a, this, the, this the, is news to me. I'm, I'm unaware <laughs> that we had a new one. We have a new one. <laughs> we have a new one starts right now. Um, the coach that affected you most in your life. You have a coach's story, or is, does do you have not enough time to uh, in anything? Coaches you've worked with, coaches you've. But you know what's interesting? Uh, you know, the, uh, I'm not uh, pandering to anybody here. Uh, my mom's not listening. But what I will say is this: is that I'm currently coaching my child in, right. in basketball for the middle school. Yep. And so um, I'm back in kind of the ranks of trying to teach this game and everything that comes along with it. And my kid's on the team, and I haven't really coached. I, I don't. Remember, I never coached my kid at basketball before. So what? What I the coach that is coming to mind to me lately is as I'm coaching my kid, I'm trying to remember what's the biggest lesson I learned as an athlete. And so to answer your question, there's my setup. Uh, I'm huh. going to go with my mom. Huh. And the reason why I'm picking my mom tonight is because, albeit she wasn't. Uh, my literal coach, she was the one that would drive me home and to and from all my games. And the best lesson she taught me, which is what I am right now instilling in my kid, is to embody that warrior spirit. And what she meant by that was not that you're going to go out there and be violent, whatever. It's that you are competing and you are going to put your maximum effort 
no matter what is going on, whether you're up big or losing by 20 or whatever, it doesn't matter. That, that the warrior just goes hard all the time. Well, and that lesson's been on my mind lately, uh, you know, more than ever. So your, your question is triggering that response, is that I, uh, my mom would coach me up on that warrior spirit. And that's what I now watch. Like, now that I've, I've been in AD for so long and I'm coaching, I've watched so many games, volleyball, baseball. I've watched them all so much. That now, when I watch sports, I'm looking for the warrior on both teams. I'm looking for the kid who might not be the best athlete, might not move the quickest, but boy, when when it's time to go, you can see it in their eyes. You know, Matt Winslow, perfect example. There perfect was a warrior. Example. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that kid was on, no matter what you were playing. And he was going to come out and be the Tasmanian devil. Uh, and so, thank you, Mom, for teaching me how to be the warrior, and I'm passing it down to my kids, and, and that's what I like now as a spectator. I, I like watching. That's great. <clears throat> that's great. So there we're, you go. We're, uh, I'm glad I asked that question. That was, that was a great um, tribute to coaching in, in general. Noah, we got to go. We got to move on. All right, gentlemen. Love Thanks it. for having me on the show. I missed it, and I love you guys. If you, if you got Always time, a pleasure. Thanks, Noah. You're welcome to call later on if, something, uh, if, if you hear something you want to talk about. See you later. You got Bye-bye. All right, Jerry. That was Noah Gold. That was fun. Yeah. Always good to catch up with Noah. I feel like that's there. Yeah, he's, he's been on a lot, but then, as he said, that Friday night slot was always tough for him with family and sports and, and stuff like that. So it's always always good to catch up with that. I never did. I, I never did. I never get did get to ask him what it's like um, without McCarthy at every game. Yeah, well, I can. I think everyone can answer that question. Let me uh, let me take a call here. You're on the yeah, air. Go for it. You're on the air. Uh, hey, this is Chad from Portland. Chad, the exception. Hi, oh, <laughs> how are you guys? Hey, now that What's I got on, you, n- now that I've got you on the line, Chad, were you at Jerry's first game? I was. <laughs> I I wanted to call in. Uh, Extend some congratulations on picking up the win. I wasn't able to stick around to uh, talk to him afterwards, but uh, yeah, congratulations! It was a blast. It was a real fun game uh, to be at. Just a little background, Chair. Before then, I'll let you. Uh, if you have something for Chad, this is Chad, <clears throat> the exception from Port. He's our guest host from when when uh, I can't work. He is. He's a guest. Host. He's a guest host on the sports phone when I when I can't be on. And Jerry wants to get someone from Portland. He also had a radio show with Jerry in college, and was Jerry's college roommate. So, Chad and Jerry go way yeah. back. And to to hear about it, what did you get from that game, Chad? Um, well, like I said, I mean, it was a blast. It was, um, you know, more, uh, it, it was about as hectic as I remember high school basketball being. Um, I haven't watched high school basketball game in a long time and it was, it was fun. It was definitely an early season game. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if, for, for what I could say, hectic, I, I think I is the, yeah, hectic is the way to describe it. It was funny. I remember talking to, uh, yeah. One of the uh, one of the other coaches in the program at halftime. Uh, he he's the JV coach uh, this year at, at that mm-hmm. at the high school in Mount Westland, and it was funny. He's like, okay, well, that was about as as classic a first high school fr- a first <laughs> high school game for freshmen as I've ever seen on both sides, not just on our team. I think it was like nineteen seventeen at halftime, and it was it was it was really ugly. No, it was it was hectic. 
the kids, you know, the guys had never played a high school game before. They hadn't played basketball in, in you know, almost two years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a little ugly. It was a little sloppy, uh, but it was fun. No, I had a really good time. I think we we played well enough to win, especially down the stretch. Uh, we we made a little run, got the lead after we trailed for a good chunk of the third quarter. It was it was really fun. Uh, it was good to be back on the court, and uh, I. Uh, Hope I didn't make too much of a fool of myself, but I, I was glad that Chad was there, and I was I was bummed that I that I couldn't uh, couldn't hang out. But we had to go talk and then get ready for the game after that. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. I had a really really good time. Uh, hopefully, yeah. it uh, continues to be fun. Yeah, no, it was it was great, and it, I mean it was great to see you in action. I haven't seen you really, in, <laughs> obviously, the first time. You know, you know, as the head coach there, and it was. It was fun to watch. You you could really see your your passion for the game and all of the. Um, I, I could tell you were having fun, which was which was good, <laughs> yeah. which was great to see. Seven um, seven well, seven. It's, it's funny. For, for, Let me give some numbers here. Seven ahead, seven seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We're uh, we're taking calls here on the sports phone. We're talking about Jerry's first game as a coach uh, from a, a friend from. Portland, who was at Jerry's first game as a coach, 707-895-2448. Let us hear about anything you have to in the world of sports. What else you got, it's, Chad? It's, it's funny. Well, it's, yeah, it's funny real quick. Add, I, I, I want to jump to in. Add and then I'll let, I'll let some other Go people ahead. call in here in a few minutes. But um, you touched on it being a hectic game early on, and it was, and it kind of continued to be. But what I really saw at the end, especially in the second half, was um, – a really good job by your guys of doing the or getting the press set up and really putting pressure on yeah. the other team, and that I think that really swung the game for you guys. And there was definitely um, something there to build on, and I think uh, that was that was really cool to see. Um, clearly, something you guys were working on, and it definitely uh, paid off there after you know things kind of settled down for you guys, and it, it was it was it was good. Yeah. Yeah, that that was something that we'd worked on a lot. It's it's kind of a staple of the program as a whole. Is you know playing fast, mm-hmm. pressing, putting pressure on the ball, trying to generate turnovers. And I have a group that I think, to a certain extent, it rubs against the grain of the builds of the other programs. Like I think we have a very different team just in terms of certain strengths compared to the JV and the varsity programs, and so. Mm-hmm. I kind of went into the game with a certain plan defensively that we're trying to play to that. And then by the time we got in the third quarter, anyway, I realized we've got to go back to kind of what, what we, what the program does and, and, you know, turn up the pressure and it, and it ended up working really well. And yeah, it's something we're going to build on and, and talk about in practice tomorrow. But it, it was funny. I was going to say uh, one little inside thing uh, about my coaching and with this group uh, and it goes to what Chad was saying about how I, I like to, I, I seem like I'm having fun on the bench and I am, uh, I have a bet, not really a bet, but like kind of a thing, a running joke with a couple of the guys on my team that I coached during the summer, which is from the time this game starts, how long will it be until I stand up and, and go to my standing position from sitting on the bench? And when the game started, I said, I bet, I bet I'll make it two minutes. And I didn't make it until tip-off. Uh, I was standing by the time the ball was actually thrown into the air to start the game. And so that's kind of a little running joke we have with, with the team. And it's, uh, it's, it's been fun, for sure. I got another call. Chad, thanks so yep. much for, 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 for calling. And, thanks, uh, See ya. See ya. Thank you, guys. Hello, caller on the air. Yeah. I appreciate 
most of the things you do on here, man. Um, one you. of the things I really appreciate is when you do the, uh, you know, this day in sports thing. And in continuation of last week, this is kind of a little, I don't know what you call them, a little puzzler or something for everybody listening. I love puzzlers. Exactly one year ago today, December 12, 2020, a woman scored in a in an intercollegiate activity that's normally comprised of men. I'm wondering if you can tell me who it was and who she was playing for and the whole situation like that. Well, I, can I, I know the <laughs> I, I know the answer. I I think. So do I. I think, and I and I I think because you talked about it last. You brought it up last year, Jared. It's got to be well, fo- football, right? But it wasn't this late. So, so caller, I, I if if it is what I think it is, it's it's Sarah Fuller who was who was the kicker for Vanderbilt kicking kicking. Right. I think it was an extra point or kicking a just like on right. kickoff or something. Exactly. It was this late in the year. I, and maybe that's just because last year was weird, like with COVID and stuff. But I don't remember it being in yeah. December. I I would have thought it would have been in like you know November or October during football season. But I guess with COVID, it makes sense that it would have been this late in the year. Yeah, it was December twelfth. Yep. Huh. Enjoy you yeah. guys very much. Thanks, Keep thank up, you. Man. We appreciate if you got it. Something like I say about this day or this week. Put it out there. I got one right now. Oh, yeah. I got one right now. We guessed yours. We guessed yours. And now that you're on the line, we guessed yours. Uh, I'll give you a chance to guess mine. 12-12-1968. December 12th, 1968. If you don't get this one, you're not a sports fan, so I'm I'm putting a little pressure on you. That's, that's, I don't think that's (laughs) This person was the first... Black person to be ranked number one in professional tennis. 12-12-21. I mean, 12-12-1968. Hmm. <clears throat> Actually, that that was on that was on call for. Know, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to say you're not a sports fan. Earlier. I think you have to be. If you're not a tennis fan, this there's I know no that that was, for for. I, I, that was on call for. That was on call for. Arthur Ash. You got it there right. You, go. you got it right. Are you a tennis fan? Uh, <laughs> Are you a tennis fan? No, not particularly. I just remember his name. Yeah. I'm old enough that I remember. <laughs> that's that, that's what I felt. I'm not a tennis fan, and I was old enough to remember him. Well, thanks, thanks for the call. It looks like we're into uh, we're into puzzlers today. All right, I'll call you when there's another appropriate time to call. Thanks, we appreciate <laughs> it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you have gotten that one, Jer? Uh, it would have taken a little bit probably for that name to come back to me just because I'm not a big tennis person. So I think it, I think it would have taken a second for me to put it together. I think eventually I would have got it. But no, I wouldn't have known it immediately off the top of my head. Again, that just goes to me not being a big tennis person. What do you got for uh, this day in sports? I have 1899. 1899. When, yeah, the the first the the, the a when, oh, I can't talk. Uh, patent number six three eight nine two zero was issued for the wooden golf tee, and the patent Are was defined as. And let me visit, where's the uh, where's the specific wording? Oh no, did I lose it? Oh, I I don't have it pulled up anymore. Oh, here we go. The the wooden golf tee 
uh, which was defined as a wooden spike with a flexible rubber peg to hold a golf ball. That is what the patent was when it was issued, and it was issued. It was issued to Doctor George F. Grant. He was an American dentist who then issued or who then invented the golf tee and received a patent for it in 1899. So, that, so that, that now you're going to have to answer some questions about that. Are you saying before that? They drove the ball off the grass, or or they, they I, just got a patent for it. Then the they, patent was issued in eighteen ninety nine. Were they allowed to tee the ball up before that? You think? I I don't know what the rules were about this. And what did they um, what did they use? Come on, golfers, give us give us some uh, information here. That's an interesting question. I I I just assume the tee was always part of golf. Huh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I I really I really don't know about this. Um, I do know that in 1991, the United States Golf Association recognized this uh, this Dr. Grant is the original inventor of the tee. Uh, hmm. There were some other things. Uh, that kind of went 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 around. Um, you know, in in between those two time periods. But uh, yeah, the original golf tee was uh, in 1899 on December 12th was when the patent was issued. I used to struggle with my fairway woods. When I when I tried to play golf as a, as a youngster, and I, I was a pretty good driver, so I would tee up my fairway woods, and I was pretty soon told that that's illegal. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Oh wait, you mean tee them up like on the fairway? On the fairway, I would just. Tee. Oh yeah, you can't do that. That would if if I could tee up every shot, I think uh, I think I'd be a much better golfer. <clears throat> that's what I used to do. If I, if I was allowed to tee up every shot, it would be a much much different experience. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight seven zero seven. Eight nine five two four four eight. We love to hear uh, some a puzzler. If you have a puzzler, anything you want to do, talk about sports. Um, <clears throat> you have anything uh, pending right now, Jerry? We talked about your first game. I think I think that's enough of that. <laughs> that was yeah. I'm yeah, still. I think, uh, we hit that with that home. It was it was fun. Say I'm it still, again. It was, I'm, it was a really good time. I'm still amazed with something you told me today, and I still have because. Especially after talking to Noah Gold, because we, we know what Mendo is in basketball. We know what Point Arena, Laytonville, Geyserville, Round Valley. <clears throat> and when you told me today, it, it really sort of said, I said, whoa, what does he get himself into? Is when you told me you had two 14-year-olds that could dunk on your ninth grade team. I was like, whoa, is that yeah, uncommon yeah. in big schools? Um, that's just I, I was shocked when when I heard that. Last week on the sports phone, Jared, I, I, I've been trying to have this as a segment for a long time. I just want to throw throw in my favorite comment from last week. My favorite issue from last week was the idea that instead of splitting sports between men's and women's, we would split youth sports into sizes of players instead of boys and girls and, and it might develop players in a little different way i know this wouldn't work in high school college or professional but in youth sports <clears throat> it was brought up by uh, dr patty sports phone doctor and um i never thought about it before and i thought about it a lot this week um what, well, what don't are, you go I, ahead i i thought about it's funny i i, I thought about I, I could say i thought about it a little bit uh before the show but i didn't i just thought about it more when you just said it isn't that that already kind of done in certain ways? Like, aren't there certain rules about like, you can't if, if if someone that's like in a youth call them that is of a certain like heightened weight, they're not allowed to play like pee wee football. Is there aren't there little things here and there like that? 
there there's already well well there's some rules about like if you're too big you have to you can't play certain age groups for like youth football there's already like there's already some sports that have different categories like like wrestling has categories for weight and right. all that kind of thing and i've heard that that that's one sport where females have competed against males in high school small high schools because you have a 130 pound female or 130 pound male wrestler and right. <clears throat> at certain levels there, there's some equality there um because we're always talking about the the males being um bigger which which anatomically they right. are um but i i'm not sure what you're you're getting at here i i thought i could have swore there was something about like and, and peewee football is the one that comes to mind but if someone if if you had like say 9 to 11 year old peewee football oh, I see you and you mean. had an 11 year old that for some <clears throat> weird reason was 6 1 210 pounds they wouldn't let them play that was or they'd have to play in like an older age group we we like we that. had midget it was called midget football in new york state right and right. you actually, if you're over 125 pounds, you couldn't play at all. Right. And That's what I was thinking. if you were over a certain weight, you could only play certain positions. So, so, sure, um, sure, the, sure, sure. So there, there was, but, um, I'm not sure that's what um, she was talking about having the best. No, I, I don't think that, yeah. that that's what she was. Re I don't yeah. think that's what she was referring to. I'm, I'm just thinking about like. That like th that was something that came to mind when 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 it was brought up and and you brought it up again. But that's um, that was, just, yeah, it was a, it was a good conversation. Yeah, it was it was one of my my more more uh, favorite conversations from from last week. And the other just last thing, <clears throat> I'm not good on my uh, finding things on my. Uh, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I was going to okay. try to Got find it. a text. Uh, Go ahead. No, uh, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. 707-895-2448. Whatever you want to talk about going on in the world of sports, you can give us a ring. And we look forward to talking about it with you here on the sports phone. Uh, so, Jim, these are these stories are about a week old, uh, but I think they're still relevant because um, they haven't really gone into effect yet. I uh, got some COVID updates that I thought were kind of interesting. We might be able to have a little bit of a conversation about that. Um. So, NBA COVID update stuff. Uh, well, first, the uh, as the latest kind of announcements from the NBA, ninety-seven percent of their players are vaccinated, and more than sixty percent have received their booster shots. However, uh, there has been an uptick in players that have been entering health and safety protocols. Uh, I believe uh, most recently, LeBron James was in it for a couple of days. Demar Derozan of the Chicago Bulls, he was he's in there right now. But where all this kind of came from. Uh, and led to, and this is the, kind of the update, were two rule announcements, one from the Canadian government, specifically in regards to the Toronto Raptors, and the other, uh, I'm not sure if this is NBA or U.S. law. I, I'm not 100% sure. But the two rules basically are, um, starting on January 15th, uh, the nobody the the, the uh, excuse me the canadian government has, has put in a rule that says all visitors entering the country uh must be vaccinated why that's relevant is the toronto raptors are in are in canada so now based on that rule if you're an nba player and you are not vaccinated you would not be allowed to travel to go play toronto uh starting on january 15th wow that's rule number one then there's one so they they just couldn't they just can't go into canada and play the raptors simple as that 
Correct. Okay. Yes, what's they the would o- not be allowed to enter. What's the other one? Oh, I thought we had a call coming in. Um, oh, the uh, want to save it? We'll take a call. That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's take the call. You're on the air. Oh, hello. You're on. Okay, this is Rick. Uh, what is the big deal about not sending government officials to uh, the uh, Olympics? Sir, what what would they do there anyway? Um, just wondering what's the big deal about some countries boycotting sending some of their officials. Oh, I caller, I saw this story in passing, and <laughs> then immediately dismissed it because I just don't remember because I just didn't think it was it was all that interesting but but that's on me so this is the story and again correct me if I'm wrong while I look this up caller where was it the United States or somebody else announced they were not going to be sending representatives to the to the next winter Olympics is that correct in Beijing and and, uh, I think us first then uh Australia and Canada. What's the reason, Jerry? Let me. Defending the the athletes, but not government representatives or something like that. What What are we talking about here? What's the reason, Jerry? Right, 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 right. So, so that's why I was I was trying to make sure I I under I understood the the uh, the, uh, the 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 context. So, the United States. Uh, the other one I just found <laughs> is Japan. Um, and I, I don't know if there's others, but have said they will not send government officials to the 2022 Winter Olympics in China. Um, athletes are still allowed to go; like that's their choice. Um, yeah. But this is uh, this is being done at, in response to human rights violation and human right abuses uh, mm-hmm. by the Chinese government. So. Yeah. I guess with with that context, caller, my 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 answer to this would be: I feel like there's better ways to make take a stance against China than not sending politicians to the Olympics. That's my <laughs> first reaction. I guess would be like this is the best you can come up with is you're not going to send people to the Olympics. Like I don't know, it seems like a very kind <clears> of <throat> calculated, not trying to stir the pot too much but trying to make a story out of it kind of thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone's going to notice that the administrators right, exactly. aren't yeah, at the no, Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's I, what I wondered. I was wondering, what do the government officials do that won't be done if they're not there? I know it's sort of a slap in the face to, to China, and that's, you know, they're trying to tit for tat there. I just wondered what, what those officials... I, I don't understand. I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. What I don't understand, caller, maybe you, you can tell me, and, and Jer seems to know more about it, but what do these people do that aren't being sent to the Olympics? That's exactly what I'm wondering. Huh. I don't know what they do. Huh. That's a good question. That and it's, um, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is left undone for our participation if these... People don't go. I'm just wondering what the big deal was. Yeah, it's th- that's the question we have, Jer. Is what do these people do that aren't going? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Thanks for the call. I, I guess I might have stumped you a little bit. Let's see if I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I uh, may not be worth it, worth the topic. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay. Good enough. 707-895-2448. There's the question of the day. What do the administrators that are being banned from the Olympics do that we will notice that will make our point that we didn't send them there? I mean, it's, it's a weird question, Jer. I, I wonder if it's just... Saying you're going to do they, it? No, I, I was going to say, like, I imagine they're there... Again, this is... You know, very broad, a lot of speculation here. They're there for the same reasons you send representatives to like a, a summit at the UN. It's a it's a global event. Huh. And so you have so, so you send politicians to a global event. I don't think they're necessarily going to, you know, have meetings and settle, you know, you know, large treaties or anything like that. But I would imagine they're going for the fact that it's just an internet like an, an international but they're admitted they're they're, they're admi- are, are they sports administrators do you think i don't know i don't know i my no they're they're not sports people again it's government officials hmm. interesting so yeah but but yeah it was i i saw this story in passing and and i'm glad the caller brought it up and, and kind of had some questions about it because it is a good question but like i said my the best answer i can give is just like i good on them i guess but i feel like if you want to a deal with human rights issues in China, there's probably better ways to do it than not sending people to the Olympics. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hey there, guys. Kira Brennan here. Just giving you guys a call. Kira um, Brennan. Wow. I have two nephews who just spent um, all night in the rain to watch the Timbers <laughs> play in Portland on Saturday, December 10th. And and then, uh, however, thousands of fans who came to watch the show also. Oh, and by the way, it was pouring down rain the whole time, freezing cold. Got the whole line of people waiting in line to get their tickets all night long. And then everybody goes to the game, and it's pouring down rain. Um, needless to say, they lost in the the five penalty kicks at the very end. Uh, or five, whatever the five goals, whoever wins that. But my comment and question and what I've been thinking about is what is it that is so, it draws people in so much to sports that they, are you there? Oh, yeah. 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 That, 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 uh, there's such a, 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 a like a fever that happens around sports, I, and not just in Portland, but all over the world, of people um, being involved in sports to a to a level that is kind of incomprehensible to me. And I've been thinking about just human nature and how um, how strong it is in human nature that that drive to play sports, be part of sports, be spectators of sports. And then I was also thinking how it ties in that competitive nature. It ties in with um, money and gambling. Um, There's just so much I've been thinking about on a deeper philosophical level of what is it in human nature that is so strong. And I'll, I'll, um, it's just really a comment and a thought. Um, and um, unfortunately, the Timbers did not win, but it was apparently an amazing game. It, so it, it's just, funny. Yeah. I, I have a... Stay with us, Kira. 
Yeah. Be, yeah. I, you know, I was, was going to say, just before we get into the philosophical stuff, uh, I have a buddy who went to the game, a coworker of mine that was at that game, because uh, he, he was telling me at work on Friday, like, oh, I'm trying to find tickets. And then he let me know he did. And I remember sitting at home yesterday, uh, just, I, I think I was just like doing some work on the house and looking outside at the rain. And just thinking, I don't envy him being in the in the pouring rain at that game because it was it was coming down hard yesterday in Oregon. It was not a light it was not a light rain in Portland yesterday. It was coming down hard. Um, I can I, I think to to so go ahead. I I'm just I asked that to myself almost every day, Kira. I've never been in a world without it, without sports. I've, I've, I started, I, I, I played, I coached, I played in high school, college, professional, I coached. I, it, it's, it's never not been there for me. And I, what my point is, and I still can't give you an answer. <laughs> it's, so, Jared, you can have a shot at this one, Mr. Oh, Philosophy. Okay. <laughs> I, I still don't know. Well, I just love I, it. <sighs> Different. I would say the answer is different for different people as well. Because you know, you mentioned Kerry. You mentioned like the gambling side of it. I have friends that watch sports purely because they gamble, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. So I think there. Are, I think everybody has their own reason for being as invested as they are. I think with something like the Timbers or if you, you the other big fan bases. I, I really just. I mean, it's super cliched, but it gives the city something to root for. I think it's it's something again. I, I don't know. I think it's a great answer, but I think it's somewhat accurate. Is you know, it it gives people something to unify behind and everyone be a everyone kind of root for. Um, but I think beyond that, it's it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, I, again, I, I don't have a great answer. It's a very philosophical question. I think that would be my 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 general answer. Is it's it's something that allows everyone to get behind whether it's you know different political backgrounds you like somebody you don't like them you're going to go and watch a game and, and cheer on you know the timbers or the blazers if you're up here in portland you know you you can do that regardless of you know whatever background you're you're from or stuff or something like that uh, well thank you for that yeah thank you for that my my brother whose son was the kid who sat out in the pouring down rain all night um said it's about connection it's about yeah. people connecting, and he said they stood in line all night and connected with everybody else who stood in wow. line, and um, and then you get into the game. So, you know, maybe we're talking about, you know, that deep need in human beings to connect, and, um, you know, maybe that's a, a way of touching the divine. I don't know. It seems, when I look at it, because I'm not... Um, you know, I'm not standing in line overnight to go to a game, but um, <laughs> it's 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 amazing to me that there is that kind of fervor. And again, worldwide, but um, it's there, and um, maybe it is part of touching into the divine somehow. <laughs> You've got me really thinking now, and, and and this is one reason I like the sports phone is now I'm thinking. I have heard more people talk about why they don't like sports more than I've ever heard sports fans come up with a reason they do like sports. And, mm. and it's, I, I've always heard just the reasons, like, like our, favorite, um, our favorite comment about the sports phone is, I don't even like sports, but I like the sports phone. <clears throat> and that, you know, that's a pretty deep, deep thing. But 
I, I still, I get these reasons of, of why do you have to find a reason not to like something and why, do, I, I, I don't know. And I always hear, oh, sports is just a distraction. But, and, and I'm not even sure what that means, but it seems like it's an excuse not to like something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> definitely the deepest question of the day. Why, why do people stand in all night long? Why are people fans of a certain team? So that's another question. Is they're just watching. They're not just watching soccer. They're going to spend all night to watch the Timbers play soccer. <laughs> so, right. that, 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 that's wow Kira thank you it seems like whenever you're yeah. on you come up with something good like this thank you guys love Pre- it appreciate Bye. it thank you so I, uh, I have a very quick quick like coming together sports story um, to kind of go off of that because as Kira was saying like her son said you know, it's about coming together as a group kind of thing or, or, or kind of the, the person that was at the game I have a kind of one little small example of that. Uh, so Jim and I, when I was much younger, we went to a fair amount of games in the Bay Area. And for whatever reason, a lot of the times we went, we ended up getting tickets from friends or that were season ticket holders. Right. And, it, and I, I do, the one that stands out the most uh, to me was we went to a Giants game. Uh, in San Francisco, and for whatever reason, we happened to be there when like all the season ticket holders ha- had the, the went to that game. They didn't like give their tickets to friends, and it was really interesting to be in this section where <laughs> I think literally everyone in like a thirty seat radius knew every knew each other like super well. And it wasn't because they were like all from the same town or were all from they were just all season ticket holders. Right, and so I thought that that was really a really interesting experience, where because we've been to a lot of games when we've gotten tickets from season ticket holders, and nobody knows anybody because you know a lot of season ticket holders they sell their tickets or give them away and stuff. We just got really lucky that one day where everyone at that game in that little area knew each other because they were all season ticket holders. And so I think that's a very interesting kind of small example I want, of that coming together thing that can happen with sports. I remember sitting right there; these people knew never saw each other i even asked some of them they never saw each other except at giants games because yeah. they were seasoned the two Aus- there were the two australian guys behind us that were hilarious and i will uh give credit where credit credit due i know for a fact because he's one of my closest friends may he rest in peace steve mize gave us those tickets and right and, and he knew those guys he, huh and he knew the guys that we were talking about exactly. when we told him about it <laughs> exactly yeah. when we told him about it and he also had those tickets for like 15 or 20 years and um i also know that he gave his tickets away he didn't sell he he just gave them to local people to go see the giants and um it was uh i i have thought about that chair but that that's a good answer for kira is that yeah it's a it's an example of it an example of it yeah yeah. 707-895-2006. That's, that's your home phone number, Jim. You haven't Whoa. done that one in a while. That's the home phone number. <laughs> 707-895-2448. I, I, I mentioned I haven't done that in a while. Now I can't say that again. <clears throat> and yeah, uh, yeah, you mentioned it last week that you'd been on a little bit of a streak that you hadn't done that. <laughs> and um, we have... <clears throat> what's that show, Jer, when, when the... Uh, 
I, I always like the line, and I wait for him to say it at the end of all the shows. They said, well, we've wasted another hour. Is that car talk? That's car talk. Car yeah, talk yeah, she guy. wasted another good, perfectly good hour listening to car talk. That's their line. <laughs> I like that line. Um, yeah. We've almost wasted... Um, 47? Yeah, 47 minutes so far. And we, we've got 13 more to go. 707, No, no, Jim, you're not looking at the clock right. we got seven minutes to go. Seven minutes to go and the phone You're giving number. out the home phone number. You're not reading the clock correctly. The, 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 the show's falling apart here at the end. It's all, it's all falling apart. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports on the next seven minutes or so. Um. Jim, can I get back to the NBA yeah, slash you were, international you were giving rules us, stuff? You were giving us two examples of... of well, not examples. They're rules. Right, rules. And one of them was, you can't go play Toronto unless you're vaccinated. You can't play Canada. Starting on January 15th, you cannot... Well, it's not you can't go play the Raptors. It's you can't enter the country of Canada unless you are vaccinated. Including that, pro basketball players. Right. Yeah. The other one is a little bit different. And so this is a United States rule that basically I'm going to just read it because I think it's easier than trying to explain it. Any unvaccinated NBA player with temporary visa status who leaves the country will be not be able to re-enter the country. So unless they're vaccinated. To give an example of this, because we're talking about non-U.S. citizens, um, and I don't know this is a perfect example because I don't know his like immigration status, but I'm going to use this because I know he's not from the United States. Luka Doncic is very likely not a U.S. citizen. He's a citizen of Slovenia. He's on a work visa of some sort to be in the United States. And he's in the um, NBA. Yes. If he was unvaccinated and he went home to see like family or something in Slovenia, he would not be able to re-enter the country. The United States. The United States, yes. Huh. Well, and by by proxy, or not proxy, but he also wouldn't be able to go to Canada. So he basically wouldn't be able to play for the for the Mavericks anymore. So right. those are the two rules. Um, I think some of this is in response to, like the NBA, like I said, before we had the calls, there's been kind of an uptick in COVID protocol, COVID, COVID protocol um, uh, situations. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. I think these are good rules. Jim, any reaction? Any uh, controversy uh. with this? It seems pretty straightforward. I, I'm I'm talking from science here, um, and I, I'm not going to get into to to political argument about vaccinations and masks and all that. To what I think is nonsense, I think vaccinations for COVID should be mandatory. Sure, <clears throat> you can't go anywhere. You have to stay home if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. Hello, call. You're on the air. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a double dip, but I was thinking about the topic that the that calling late the lady brought up about why do people like sports and all that. Jerry was totally right. It's because we all get to root for the same team. It's like we have an extended family. It's a big it's a communion. That's you know, goes on with her divine impulse or whatever. But like you know, like the Raider Nation. Exactly. Or, you know, we just we've got a team and we like the team we know. We got our high school, and we go off, and what you know, just that's all it is. It's simple. We just get all together and root for the same team. Well, it, it's funny you should say that, and Jerry, you know this about me. I get just as excited rooting against a team as I do rooting for a team. So, I, I think sure, sure. I, I still think like I love watching the, the Warriors lose just as much as I like. <laughs> 
just as much as I like watching the Lakers win. So that makes it so I love to watch the Warriors. That's an interesting... Yeah. Yeah. I hated the Yankees. My sister loved them. (laughs) Yankees might be the most loved and hated team of all sports. That'd be an interesting statement, Jer. Try to figure that out. Thanks for the call. We're running out of time here. Appreciate it. And, And by the way, in case there's other callers, we encourage double dipping. We don't discourage double dipping. Thanks for the call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I like that, Jera. So do we solve the philosophical question? <laughs> I Sure. Let's say yes to feel like we have a sense of accomplishment. Let's let's say yes. Boy, that, that's a. Uh... That's beyond a puzzler. What Kira Brennan uh, yeah. brought us—that's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a uh, that's a that's a philosophical discussion that will go on and on for well past our lifetimes. Well, if someone calls, they've got uh, thirty seconds to give us a comment on something. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. You wanna? I think we got those two NBA things. Um, yeah, it, covered. And, and Jim, like I was saying to you, I mean. I don't think there's a really a, a controversy about this. I think both rules make sense. It, you know, Canada was the Raptors for part of last year had to play in Florida, right? Canada has been oh, very, right. very particular about this stuff. So nothing surprises me. I think, I think those, those rule changes. So, make so sense. You, you put me on the spot. You asked, what do I thought? And I said, very clearly, I think we should be stricter about vaccinations yeah. across the globe. And, um, what do you think about it? I mean, where do you stand? You say, say, I, I I think it makes sense. I yeah. I think it's it's an obvious step. I get it. I think it's the right decision. I, hmm. I'm not going to argue with with anybody that wants to make vaccine rules. I I think especially with sports, you know, any, anything that keeps sports moving forward instead of <laughs> bringing it back to like COVID status, I'm all for it. Let's just keep doing those things. All right, real quick, Jerry, you've you've got 30 seconds to wrap up. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you're going to be coaching against next week, as, <laughs> and then and then um, say yeah. goodbye. So by a week from today on the 19th, uh, we'll have played two, potentially three more games. So I will have updates on those games. We'll be at Oregon City on Thursday the 16th. We got a home game against Cleveland High School, which is a Portland uh, City school. Um, on Friday, and then we might have a game on Saturday. But we'll talk about that uh, next week. We'll be back on December 19th. Until then, thanks to everyone that called and listened to the Sports Fund. Thank you, everybody. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.